So we got a hot topic we're talking about today. I bet you thought CR was nothing but addiction recovery. Stay tuned after this. Welcome to the Four Mics, 13 Teeth, One Ankle Monitor podcast. A podcast about addiction recovery made by addicts for anyone battling addiction. Hey guys, welcome. How you doing? I'm Gary Blanks, and today I'm going to be talking with Mr. Delaney. And what's your last name? I'm sorry. <laughs> it don't matter. Mr. Delaney. Well, today we're not talking about addiction recovery. We're talking about a little bit more of a different type of recovery. So, uh, a little bit. Delaney, how you doing? Good, man. Happy to be here, Gary. Yeah, yeah. You're yeah. looking good. I hadn't seen you in a while. Uh, a We've weeks. been missing each other. I mean, I seen you, you know, I yeah. was at the front, you was at the back. I was like, hey, how you yeah. doing? <laughs> Y'all were sick a little bit, too. Yeah, yeah, and we was out. We were sick a little bit. But um, so, you've been in recovery. What kind of recovery are you in? Uh, I'm in this thing called Celebrate Recovery. <laughs> right. <laughs> Celebrate Recovery. I love it. Yeah, let me tell you about it. Yeah, let's let's go with it. I've I've been I've been in recovery. Uh, I've been in CR specifically since uh, about 2016. Okay. Yeah, and uh, I, unlike a lot of folks, I got into recovery for something not related to substances, okay, not related, not related to addiction. I was looking for support um, from grief, basically. I had just started a divorce. My wife was leaving, and I knew that I was going to need some type of, you know, brothers and sisters around right. me. Right, some, you know? some kind of release somewhere. Yeah. Other than going to drugs or alcohol. Was that, did yeah. that ever cross your mind? It crossed my mind that I might, that I might, do that because that's what people say happens when you go through a crisis like this. So it crossed right. my mind, but it never, it never got into my heart. Like I never I, put I footwork to yeah, it. Like I need right. to go, I need right. to go try that, you know, right. thank God. Yes, um, thank God. So I, I heard about through somebody I was going to church with, I heard about this thing called Celebrate Recovery. Okay. I never knew anything about it before. didn't really know anything about 12 step. And like I said, I was just thinking to myself, like, maybe I need to go to some kind of divorce support group or whatnot. What was appealing about it was, number one, it's Christ-centered. Amen. Um, Unlike, you know, most other 12-step groups. Yeah. And number two, I liked that it was a holistic type of thing where you could come in and talk about work on anything. It wasn't just for, like, one type of issue. Right. And that's what Celebrate Recovery is. You know, up here, we have a sign up here that says only one in three one out of three people that attend Celebrate Recovery actually have a drug or alcohol problem, you know, and then there's the whole long list of character defects up there, you know, yeah. and it, you know, and grief is up there. It's on one of them. Yeah. Um, so what was, um, so what was your church life like when this was going on? Not even really worth talking about. Thanks for asking though. Right. Yeah, I mean, I was, <laughs> I, I was going to a, a big, avoid that. <laughs> I mean, it was fine, man. It was fine. Yeah. It was like something everybody who calls himself a Christian has seen. It. It's a right. big Presbyterian church. You show up to get the time on the front of the church. You walk in the doors at that time and then you sit down for a little while and they do a few songs and they do a collection and then they do a verse and then they do a 30, 45 minute sermon and then right. they do another song and then you you go home and you check that box off. So and, you're just going yeah. through the motions. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I was a kind of a Sunday Christian. I mean, I was pretty serious about being there on Sunday. Um, and as a matter of fact, interesting, that was something that was point of kind of contention in my marriage uh, was always trying to get 
everybody to church on Sunday, and there was contention around that. Always, right. the enemy was involved in that from very early. Always on. something trying to hold you back from yeah. from so, meeting your goal. Yeah, right. so it's so funny that I felt so strong about trying to do that every Sunday, and now I look back. And I look at that as like peanuts, you know, that one little thing I was trying to do, and I couldn't even get that done. So I was. So it was overwhelming you? Was is that when your anxiety really started to kick in? Well, yeah, we were talking about anxiety before, Gary, and and yeah. that once I got into CR and I worked through the grief, um, that was one of the first things that I sort of identified as a character flaw, you okay. know, an issue that I wanted right. to work on was right. anxiety. The three at that time was anxiety. Uh, uh, frustration, anger, and uh, pride. Oh, know. yeah. That's like, my top three. Yeah. Was, I need to talk to you a little bit more. <laughs> uh, yeah. Because so, yeah, so. you look a lot heavier. <laughs> <laughs> Praise God. Was it easy? Praise God. Well, nothing comes easy in this right. world okay. that's, that's worth anything. So, so, um, so I identified those issues, and it really was when I first got into step studies uh, that I really right. started digging in on how to fix these things uh, through the program. Okay, I uh, had been involved in CR by that time, maybe about a year or two already, and then I went into my first step study. And to be honest, my first step study was not amazing. Uh, it just it was kind of a weak group in terms of the way it was led and the way it was run and people were not holding each other accountable there were guys coming uh, in guys coming in every week just relapsing on all kinds of different stuff right. and nobody was there was no bar being held up and there were it guys, was like what you said is like hey how you doing oh you're okay and then that moved to the next one yeah kind of like that there's yeah Nobody was really trying to build a relationship. Yeah, nobody that. was touched. So that's that's not there was no accountability there. Then. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So the first two years, but at least it's good that you noticed that you recognized it I, off yeah. the rip. Yeah. You know, because that could have been bad. You could have fell yeah. right back into where you was at. Yeah. And, you know, just same as going just going to church. You know, and we have a thing. You know, we you can get addicted to meetings. Yeah. Yeah. You checking know that saying? box. Yeah. Right. Just checking that box. Getting okay. This, well, I did this. Off, you know, yeah. but that's just putting on the face. To show others what I'm doing. Yeah. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Lots of us do that with a lot of things in our lives. So, right. um, you know, so with that group, you know, there were guys coming in and doing fornication and different kind of things and nobody was holding each other accountable. Right. So I got in after that, I got into another step study right after that. And then that was when I got a little bit more serious about it. And in that particular group, um, I was working on anger at that time. And I set a definition of abstinence for myself from anger. And then about halfway through that step study, I kind of started to think about something I never given much thought to before. I was co-leading that step study and so many men, as I'm sure you can experience, are working on a sexual issue. Right. And I myself, I, I had been married for a long time, uh, faithful, and, and then I had been celibate ever since the marriage ended, but around sort of fantasy and masturbation and those type right, of topics, right. I didn't have any definition for myself around sexual integrity. And almost every guy in the group was working on that, and I was one of the guys leading the group, and so that led me to come up with my own definition of what I wanted to have. Right. And see, that's what happens when you listen. Yeah. You know, sometimes, you know, I, I get a lot of my help from just listening to what other people have went through. Uh -huh. You know, it's like, oh, yeah, well, I'm actually going through that. Yeah. You know, so now I'm listening. So, yeah. but you got in, you found you a new group and you started working on yourself a little bit. Let me to ask you a question, though. Um, it's, 
was you going through did you go through a step study for each individual problem you had so like did you work on your anger and then go back and go through it again and work on something else is that how so, sort of what in, ends up happening for me is that is that each time i start a step study i pick a new issue that i want to work on right that's basically yes. how i go yeah. about it because there's always we, there's always things we can work on you know right well see yeah. that's i have a jar it's a mental jar yeah but there's a jar that i have all my problems stuck into uh-huh you know it, i have a problem with stuffing stuff down anyways yeah so i'm like okay well I know I need to work on whatever I'm stuffing down. So I stuff it in this jar and I can go back and pull out what I need to work on. Uh-huh. Okay. I can work on my anger. Yeah. And that's the only one I'm going to work on. Leave everything else to the side. Yeah. And then if I can't, if I'm stuck, yeah. I'll put it back and just leave it alone for a minute. Yeah. And then pull it and then try to work on something else. Yeah. Cause in that way you're not getting overwhelmed. Yeah. You know, it's like, Oh Lord, I'm and then anxious. And then my depression sinks in and then, you know, yeah. and I, I'm not going to ever get anything done. I'm, and then I start feeling worthless for myself again. Mm. Yeah. Right. Enemy works on that. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Enemy. He does. He does. Right. So uh, I get, I can tell you some, maybe some more specifics around my definitions of abstinence and my definition of sobriety around some of these things. Cause they're not common when you're talking about substance it's pretty straightforward. Right. Zero. Right. That's for most people. That's what it is. It's right. Pretty clear cut. Zero. You know, but when it comes to these other things, like how do you define it? You know, how do you set the boundary for yourself, you know, so that you can have victory and, and claim victory and, you know, uh, get your 30 days and get your 60 on all these other issues. Right. right. I don't see people doing that very much. And for whatever reason, God put that on my heart. So I'll just give you a couple of examples. I'll skip, skip over the sexual integrity ones. I know there's a family show, but looking at the, for example, with anger. I never had like a violent type of anger problem, thank God, where it was criminal and nothing like that. Right. But um, definitely in terms of like raising my voice, being out of control with that was something I recognized. I didn't want to be speaking at a level where I was not in control of myself and what I was saying. Oh, right. So I, we all know that, you know, maybe yes. not in the moment, but after the fact, right. we can look back and say, you know what? I was I was going, I was screaming at that point, and I was not in control of what I was doing. You right. know, the enemy and the fear and the anger was what was running that. And so that was my definition. And I actually experienced it a lot of times more often when I was coaching. I coach kids, you okay. know, sports, soccer, right, right, right. baseball and things. And so well, I was going to say, you know, I noticed, I recognize since I've been in recovery, my anger has I don't yell like I used to. Yeah, yeah. My kids don't see it. My wife has seen it. Yeah. But that was before they were born. Right. Right. So, but now if I raise my voice, yeah. they're like terrified. Yeah. You know, because they haven't seen it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and then um, I could see it if if I was to yell at them though, they would have a trouble with coming to me with any of the of their problems. Yeah. 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 They wouldn't. They. You know. So. Yeah. This affects. Not just us, but everybody who is around us. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Yeah, that's a good point about it. Good point about it. And, right. So uh, you you coach kids though. Yeah, I, I've coached kids a long time, and that was a uh, that was a situation I found it coming out more often. You know, right. you get heated, you get emotional during a game or during a practice or whatnot, and so I set that definition for myself: is I'm my voice is not going to get raised. Unless I've got control of it, it's one thing you got to. Somebody's a long way away, and you got to scream some direction. Oh, right. You got to be loud too for yeah, them right. to hear loud, you. Right. right, that's different from being angry, yelling, from right. being angry. Right. And so I set that definition for myself, and I set the date when I started doing that when I was in uh, maybe my second or third year of CR, and I just started tracking it. I had it in my book. I so, so you're writing chip, stuff down. Chips for it. Oh yeah, 
Every time, yeah. Right. Every time I go to a meeting every week, stuff gets written down. You every write down what you, what you went over. Yeah, what I'm working on, what other people are working on, things I get inspired by versus that's important. Yeah, yeah. I'm glad you mentioned that because I right. write down every. That's what this book right here is. That's for. what that write, one is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's not my, a black book; it's no, a white book. <laughs> no, I got the, the Bible, and then I got my journal, my scripture, my right. my notes on CR. All of my anything's related. So do you keep those with you at all times? Yeah, everywhere I go, and that helps. Everywhere I go, yeah. And yeah. does it? And it helps without even opening it, though, right? It does. Just having it, 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 right, it just here. having it right when there. you write something down, it goes right. in here. It's right. the repetition of it. Yeah, and the guys, you know, people that I sponsor, I write down meetings with them. When I meet with my sponsor, I write it down, even if it's just like a few words or whatever we covered. I'm not writing a whole like long. Uh, right, you're not in detail. Words. Right, just a right. few words each time. Just a few. Maybe a little verse, you know, whatever it is. So that's anger. What else does I work on? So as far as um, anxiety, which is a big one, almost anybody in America can relate to anxiety. How do I get a handle on anxiety? And if you're going to work on it, you got to be specific about what your guidelines are, what your boundaries are, what your abstinence from anxiety. How are you going to get that abstinence? So for me, uh, I was a big topic for me in my head was around the divorce. Okay, right. Because when you go through a divorce, especially after being a husband and a father and having kids and being in a community, you get an identity around all that. And then once the divorce happens, it's like, oh, my whole identity has been taken away. Did it make you feel like you was a failure? Yeah, for sure. Oh, right. for sure. Especially because my wife left, you know, and so right, you couldn't. Hold, I'm I'm a man, but I can't even hold my own wife. Yeah, right, yeah, right. Um, and that, that's a whole other topic about right, the, it bibli- is. <laughs> the biblical aspects, which I'll come back to. That's a very important. I'm glad you mentioned that. I want to talk about that. Right. But just to finish on how do I, the definition of sobriety or abstinence from it. So for me, I was getting in my head and I was thinking about things that I had no business thinking about. Right. And right. we've all been there and done that. And we know it's not healthy. And we know the enemy uses all that fear and anxiety to try and control us and to keep us from growing the kingdom. Even if it's just you're sitting there and dwelling on something, you need to be using that time for the kingdom, not for the enemy to work on your thoughts. Right, you know? right. And so I needed to get out of that cycle because I was spending too much time thinking about things that I had no control over. It's one thing if you, let's say, divorce, you got a court hearing coming up and maybe you got to prepare something. Okay, you can think about that and get that done. That's the thing you got to get done. But just sitting and worrying about what's going to happen in the hearing, what's going to happen with my kid, what's going to happen when my neighbor hears Nothing's about it. Nothing's getting done. Nothing is accomplished. And you're not even trying to work on it. It's not accomplishing right. nothing. And, right. and you got to get away from that and live by the spirit. And so I had to set a, a definition that if I have one of those type of thoughts come into my head, I'm going to recognize it within five minutes and not be dwelling on it beyond five minutes. And I'm going to you find a replacement behavior instead. So okay. I'm, I'm going to recognize that that type of thought pattern that the enemy is putting in there and I'm just cycling on it. I'm going to recognize it within five minutes. And then me, my replacement behavior ended up being praying for the other brothers in the group that I was in. Okay. Just going through one boom, boom. That'll get your mind right off your right own stupid you put problems. Put it on something. Well, that it, that's what I we're supposed to be doing anyway. Yeah, yeah right? exactly, <laughs> exactly. That's what so we're it's kind of God's working on you without you even know He was working on you. Yeah. It's like He's sending you down this this direction, and well, that's the Spirit. That's the Holy Spirit. Yeah, yeah. You know, exactly. You have to give into it. So for me, from the day I started working on anxiety and that step study, that's what my definition was. So within five minutes, I'm going to catch myself on those thoughts and I'm going to move into my replacement behavior. And as long as I do that, 
that's my victory. That's my abstinence. And then I did that. I Maybe I failed the first month or two a little bit here and there, but after a couple of months, up until this day, we're talking like five years now, Right. I've been right. able to do that. And I brought that five minutes down to one minute. I kept bringing it down. You can pretty much just... Within any, one any, minute any, Whatever. Now. Oh, get out of there. Yeah. Within one minute. <laughs> I'm not, I'm, not today, Satan. <laughs> not today. Not today. I push it out and I move on to the replacement right. behavior of doing something for the kingdom instead of something for the enemy. You know? Right. I love it. Or for myself, I get fall in, you know what I'm saying? I get caught up in trying to do stuff on my own for yeah. my, for myself uh-huh. when, and instead of trying to give it to God and let him do what he's supposed to do yeah. through me. So, right. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. So we, um, some character flaws. You don't have any flaws now, do you? Am I, am I rid of all my character flaws? <laughs> yeah, are yeah. you rid of all your character I'm flaws? Get, I'm getting there. I mean, there's always, I may be starting a new step study in a few weeks, so I'm going to have to pick something else to work on. The most recent thing I worked on was, was pride, uh, you know, lack of humility. And so I'm still a little bit working on so that. So you're that one. doing these step studies by yourself? Is that what you're talking about? Doing is so no, you no, find no. you you find a step study somewhere, or you find a group somewhere that wants to start up something. Yeah, yeah, it's been in different places, and uh, there was one time I started a step study outside of a church, but right. every every other time it's usually been part of a church. Okay, right. Yeah, I love yeah. It. So it's you know, God can work in in, in different ways in terms of these things. It, it, the one that the one that we started outside of a church was actually happened in 2020 and you know we know all the mess you know on that particular year and right so we decided yes. to keep going with right. it you know we weren't waiting you know well that's what we we weren't able to come up here but we did go down to to build dollars backyard uh-huh and continued yeah doing what we was doing here amen you know we wasn't stopping amen <laughs> no because emmy doesn't go on vacation right you know right we, we got to realize that when these things happen in the world around us we got to continue in our recovery we got to right. find a way to do it even even when we are on an actual vacation or a holiday or a break from you know whatever y- you can't take a break because the enemy is not taking a break no definitely if not th- if you think he's giving you some time i mean off. you think <laughs> he's just hiding in the bushes watching and waiting yeah you know what i'm saying so he's not taking no break he's on the high you know he's on a stakeout he's watching yeah you know looking for that one opportunity that one moment yeah yeah um, so pride and humility has been the one i've been working most on lately um and that one is the one i waited the longest to work on because i knew it was going to be hard for me i knew it was going right. to be hard for me so you was um, avoiding it in <laughs> some ways i was in some ways Are i probably was now? <laughs> in some ways i feel like i was um and it's a hard one to define you know right. in terms of how you're going to get away from that you know what boundaries are you going to have what's victory look like in that yeah, area you you keep mentioning these boundaries boundaries are very vital in recovery yeah setting boundaries yeah um so how do you go about setting trying you know recognize where you need to set the boundary at yeah and who i'm letting in and who you know who i'm trying to keep out or what thoughts i'm trying to keep out yeah so how do you go about that yeah well i mean there's different kind of boundaries with regard to for example um you know pride and humility i had to keep myself you call it a boundary from speaking in a way that was prideful in three different areas I identified for myself. So in an area of recovery in ministry, my boundary was I'm not going to, I had a tendency to uh, speak about without being asked, I had a tendency to bring up a topic and to identify myself as a leader. 
Uh, I had a lot of pride around Right, right, right. I I would just introduce some topic around ministry or CR or step studies or whatever, and then be quick to say that I was the person that started it or I was the person leading it or whatever. A lot of pride around that. So I had to keep myself from saying that. Unless somebody was asking me about the topic uh, of it, I was not allowed. That was my boundary for myself. I was not allowed to speak on that. This is something you set for yourself. Yeah. yeah, Right. Yeah. I just, I came came up with that. God gave me that idea. I love it. And then, like, when it comes to coaching, you sports, I had another prideful tendency in that area. I would say to people how long I've been coaching, how many years I've been coaching. Yeah, I've been doing this for such and such Exactly. Years. Even when people me? nobody right. even asks. If somebody <laughs> asks me how long, that's fine. If somebody asks me how long, that's but, fine. But, but without, you ain't in anger and frustration. We, we speak on our pride. We try to build ourselves up. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. I was very big on that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So unless I was asked about it, I was not allowed to speak how many years I was coaching because I would right. always try to use that to kind of get myself pat on the back, you know. Right. So um, I had a few different areas of life where I had those kind of boundaries for my pride, you know, for trying to get get my humility, you know, in line. Right. Other boundaries, you know, I don't know if I talked too much about it today, Gary, but I have what we call in CR circles uh, ACFD, adult children of family with dysfunction. Uh, okay. I grew up in a household uh, where there was uh, substances and where there was divorce, multiple divorces, and a lot of dysfunction. I moved around like 15 or 20 times as a kid, so just a a lot of of, uh, what what we call ACFD. And so since then, with the different individuals in my family, drawing boundaries has become important, right? you know, and and that that, that helps us, obviously, in some ways, but it also, I think, can be a two-way street in terms of other people if they have expectations of you that are not realistic and you're just trying to people please and live up to them. You know, all those kind of things where, you know, you have to be able to figure out and pray and submit it to God and meditate on it. What is a healthy boundary around this relationship? Is there scripture that speaks to different things going on in this relationship? Is this person a Christian or not a Christian? you got to treat differently in those cases. Yeah, you have to speak to them differently. Yeah, and so just figuring out how to draw those boundaries. I don't want to spe- take too much specifics because there's people you know that I know and, and love in my life, but um, it's important to to be specific about those boundaries. I think with people right. that you have difficult, um, especially family dysfunction type of relationships, you need right. to think about what are the what's the healthy and what's the not healthy. Things right, that are going and that's on the main there. thing: what's the healthy yeah. and what's the not healthy. Right. Yeah. So that was a big one for me. Right. So where are you at today in well, as far as are you are you okay? Are you just, yeah, <laughs> are you a real man? Or I'm just I'm fine. I'm, you know what I'm saying? Or if somebody was to ask you how are you doing? Where, do you have certain people that you would actually open up to and there's certain people that you would say that's that healthy and unhealthy who we can who we can't speak to. Yeah. Do you have trouble picking out who it is like when somebody's talking to you? Well, or, yeah, I, I I know what you're asking, and that and that question, uh, th- how I would answer that question definitely relates to who's asking it because we all know there's people in our lives that they're not ready for the truth, right? You know, so but so how I answer that question, it does depend. It does depend. But I'll right. say to you and to anybody that's really a true believer and they want to know what's really going on yeah, with me, um, is that. I continue to have an enormous amount of peace and contentment in my life pretty much every day. 
Having said that, there's a lot of transition and has been since 2016 in my life. Right. God has, and I and I got to be ready on any given day to do what he wants me to do. Right. And, yeah. and this transition has been slow motion. Yeah. There's nothing been like yeah. immediate. Most of it. Right. Most right. of it, yeah, has been so. very slow and you got to be ready for that. And so how I'm doing is that I'm trusting God with everything every day. And a big part of that I kind of want to mention one more thing. I know we got to wrap up soon, but a big part of that for me coming out of the divorce was understanding what marriage is all about, what God's design for marriage is all about, right? and what his design for men and women and the roles of biblical manhood and biblical womanhood. That's the thing, to answer your question, that's been big on my mind lately. God has really called me toward that. I was celibate for several, still am, several years after the marriage and was not interested in right. marriage. And now God's calling me in a different direction with that. And I, I think it's a very, very important topic that a lot of people don't understand that churches don't talk about very much these days. What does it mean to be a godly man or a godly woman? And what is the design uh, for marriage? Okay, uh, I love it. So, so that's what's on my mind. So CR can help you beyond addiction. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> living, living proof. Living yes, proof. living proof. If y'all guys got any questions, I think Delaney's going to be here for a little while. <laughs> what about you? Are you going to be oh, around yeah. with us for a little bit? God willing. God willing. So uh, actually, rise. you know, I got some, you know, we might uh, talk a little bit after this about uh, yeah. starting up a step study. I've been wanting to anyways. Yeah. We've had one and we run through it. And so well, I think it's about time we need to get something else started. Amen. So if y'all think y'all might be interested, y'all hit us up. And uh, if you haven't seen any of our episodes, you'll have a chance right after this. <laughs>